listening to Dads, Diapers, and Drinks. Three dads trying to lead their families well in a crazy world. So grab a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. everybody welcome back to dad's diapers and drinks i'm your host scott and i'm nathan and i'm jeff and uh listening to episode seven right yes episode made it to seven crazy we are the lord's number it's one of them one of them yeah well yeah one of them you (laughs) know a few more of them um yeah we are cruising along here and uh we finally you know we have exciting news for us I mean, this makes no difference to you as a listener, but we finally got a logo made. Yeah. We finally got episode one released and mm. things feel like they're moving along finally. So by this, you know, by the time you're listening to this, you've also heard episodes two, three, four, five, six, and seven. Well, this is seven, but, uh, <laughs> so not nearly as exciting for you, but we're excited. So it's a good uh, day. It's, it's a good day. So mm-hmm. we're recording on the heels of doing some good work in the past week. So we're, we're feeling good. And, uh, Going along with the feeling, with the good feeling we got, um, I poured a special drink for Mr. Nathan. Mm. Uh, so last week, I was on vacation with my wife's family, and we were in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. We bought some drinks and we brought them home. And I poured one for Nathan, and he has to mm. take a sip right now and guess what it is. I have to guess what it is. I haven't even sniffed it yet. I'm so excited. Okay, some fruityish aromas. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> very fruity. Mm. Mm. I am getting almost some brandy-like vibes. Lots of fruit flavors in there. Lots. I'm. I almost want to feel like, kind of like a, but like not a such an aggressive fruit like an apple or like a strawberry. Almost like a, like a peach. Is I want to like, is what I'm feeling. What is this? (laughs) (laughs) This is apple pie. Apple moonshine. Oh, <laughs> and it's delicious. I I can I can sense the pastriness now. Yeah, and there's caramel <laughs> the at the pastry? end. Pastry. Oh, oh. yeah. Wow, that is. There's a lot going on there. Yeah, it is really good. I, I have had apple pie. Whoa. apple pie moonshine one time. My my brother in law had a bottle of it a couple years ago when we were visiting. Yeah. It's good stuff. It's like drinking a dessert. Wow, yeah. this is great. <laughs> so. Our dad, he picked up a bottle of, they were on vacation in Texas, mm-hmm. and he came back with a bottle of, I don't even know, to, I think it was like salted caramel bourbon. Ooh. And it is, I mean, that is, it's bourbon is like, an, uh, you can barely call it a bourbon. It is a dessert that you're drinking. It's <laughs> so fantastic. It's the most drinkable thing I've ever had. Oh, I bet. I, I totally want to buy a bottle of it if I can find it. But I bet it's strong, it though. <laughs> if it's no, bourbon. No, it doesn't even taste like Ellen, my wife started drinking it. Yeah. She put it down. It's like, oh my gosh, that's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, <Whoa. yep. laughs> which that's means I'm like, a bottle of it. Like brandy and port are so dangerous because they taste like, like pretty, like just like full flavored wine, but they're like almost thirty percent, and you're like, oh no, <laughs> you have to be very careful. Yeah, it's nice. good stuff. Yeah. Wow, there's a yeah, it is delicious. There was a night. So you're both drinking the apple pie moonshine. Yes, then? I'm yes. drinking the same thing. Very nice. What are you drinking, Jeff? I have made myself a gin and tonic tonight. Ooh, nice. These are a personal favorite of mine. I am not a gin snob. I have absolutely no clue about gin. I bought the cheapest one. 
and it's fine to me. What? So, what is there you go. the gin? Did you get Bombay? It's no nah, Am- Amsterdam or Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Oh yeah, no, that's not terrible. I, it's I inexpensive. It wasn't terrible. I, it's it's one of those where I go to the liquor store and I just ask the the person who was a, a woman at the desk and I said, mm-hmm. I, "I need to buy some gin. I don't know anything about gin. What do I get?" She said, "That bottle." perfect and then walked out i have not a clue it's, <laughs> shut up this and is take great my money. for me <laughs> yeah. yeah fantastic not particular yeah. about these but they're very There's, good <laughs> cool there was a night on vacation where um we gave all the ladies a free night and uh i don't know what they had well they went yeah they went this they went moonshine tasting oh so nice that's where the idea <laughs> to buy this moonshine came from mm-hmm. and they all got a little bit uh well, not all of them. Two of the four. <laughs> My mother-in-law <laughs> and Laura <laughs> had had a little bit. So that they was tasted one a bit too many. That was pretty funny when they returned. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelsey and Paige were okay, but um, anyway, that's why we have moonshine because they all thought it was delicious, and we had to buy some and take it home. We also bought mead. Oh my word! I love really? mead. Yeah. It's so good. So that might be <laughs> might be next week's drink. We'll see. We'll it was see. Pretty, it was delicious. Oh, I bet. I didn't even know what it was. I guess it's like honey wine. It's literally wine. Like, I thought it was a beer, but it's actually a wine that so. is basically just sugar. Yeah. So it gets, make it real strong. <laughs> Sparkly, sugary, fruity, delicious. That's yeah. fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, this week's episode, we are talking about sports. For kids and uh, the benefits and challenges of kids playing sports. Yeah. So the three of us grew up playing sports, um, and uh, I believe we all have very positive views of our sports playing. Um. So yeah, what are I guess what are your thoughts, gents? Um. Well, I'm thinking you know just base qualities that come from playing sports. I think uh, personal. Internal discipline is one thing that sports definitely taught me growing up was, you know, even when things really sucked, you know, like your legs are jelly and you're in pain and you're like, I'm going to still persevere for the greater good of the team or towards a particular goal. You know, that was something that just, it's not inherently natural. I feel, I think you can get it from other places, but I think sports was a very natural way for me personally to you know, develop that discipline in my own life. Right. I agree. Yeah. I think it's a way to develop disciplines. You don't even know you're developing Mm -hmm. because you're not focused on them. You're focused on winning the game um, and doing whatever it takes to get there. And all of the benefits kind of come as a byproduct of sports achievement. Yeah. Um, Hopefully. Well, go ahead, Jeff. I think it's one of the best parts about it too, is that, your your kids get to learn something get they get to learn lessons that they don't even know they're they're learning they just want to they just care about playing the sport they just care about winning the games and mm-hmm. it teaches it's it's just the best way to learn i think in general as far as for, for humans is instead yeah. of sitting them down at a desk and saying <laughs> learn the learn all these things and they go okay when you actually say hey you learned teamwork you learned communication you learned you know perseverance these are like important life lessons that you you need to pick these up. And I honestly mm-hmm. don't know how someone learns them without sports. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I don't know what, I don't know where else you get an experience like that. You don't get it from the classroom. You get it from group projects in the classroom. 
Yeah, well, I don't know. I've blown only... those off all through school. <laughs> like, yeah. Other than sports, I don't know where else you get these, yeah, these group projects. Learned. You just learn not to trust people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was the exact opposite of sports. <laughs> <laughs> They're the anti-sports so, of life. Group projects. Which, yeah, if you're the person who wants to achieve, you know, do, get, do well in a group project, you're the one learning not to trust people. Mm-hmm. If you're the one slacking off, you're, the, <laughs> you're learning something like... You don't have to work don't have and you'll to work. Just still succeed. Yeah, exactly. I don't have to work too. Just cheap. pick the, pick the kid who really wants a 4.0 on your team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then watch him do all of it because he still wants a 4.0. Boy, that Great. got me. Go for it. Got me through some group projects in college. That's for sure. <laughs> Goodness. Yeah. And some professors had no idea what they're doing, but the few kids who read the textbook, like, I'm partnering with you because <laughs> I was playing League of Legends and <laughs> I did not read the textbook. Mm. Um, anyway. So you learn discipline, you learn how to work with people. Yeah. Um, um, to speak to what you were talking about, Jeff, though, I think also it teaches you the art of learning through play. And it's very natural for kids to want to learn through play. I think there's a study done that if there was an, between two options, if one option was more fun than the other, 88% of people will pick the more fun option. Like there was a study where they put piano keys on stairs directly next to an escalator. And it was equal choice between the two. Like nothing was more like better about the escalator side from the fact that you didn't have to walk upstairs. But because they made this like piano that you could walk up the stairs and play the piano, they got 88% more people (laughs) to climb these stairs when they would have never climbed the stairs before. Even though it's harder, even though it's more uncomfortable when you could just ride right over here, it's so much more fun people are more likely to choose it. And especially kids, the impact of learning through play and learning teamwork skills and learning communication and stuff where it's a real world consequence when you don't communicate, you know, you're not going to, you know, be in, you know, dire straits and you're not going to lose your house and all those things that are, you know, adult consequences, but you're not going to score the goal. You're not going to be able to get that pass off simply because you failed to communicate and you can learn those things so much faster. Yeah. I'm curious, what are your guys' goals for your kids in sports? Do you have goals for them, or are you trying to keep it totally loosey-goosey? He's going to go professional. Because <laughs> um, I know we, we joke about I've it. I've already <laughs> bought him his professional clubs. I'm paying them off. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be here yeah. in about 18 years. <laughs> yeah, I already signed them up with the top golf instructor um, he's just working with Phil Mickelson right now. Mm-hmm. Anyway, oh, okay. okay. Jokes, <laughs> jokes aside, um, what do I want him? What was the question? What goals do I have? Well, yeah, do you, do you actually have goals for him, or or your kids in general? You you only have a him currently, but eventually, mm-hmm. like, do you have goals <laughs> laid out? Or are you trying to keep it just whatever happens? Yeah, I hope it'll be multiple hymns, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> I don't have any goals laid out, so I'm gonna come up with these off the top of my head. Um. I really just want him to achieve some level of success, whatever that looks like, and to only do it if he's having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want him to stick with it because we're pressuring him to do it or because um, because he's good at it but doesn't even enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 yeah, I just want him to make sure he's playing sports for the right reasons, not... Um, not for accolades or for something vain. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, uh, yeah, I just hope to teach him what 
the proper place that sports has in life. And if there is a possibility that he can go pretty far with us one sport or another, then we'll try to encourage him to do that. Um, mm-hmm. If we see the signs early on that he's particularly gifted at something, we'll try to push him to do that. Um, but over pushing can be a thing. Even kids that are, that are super gifted um, mm-hmm. can lose their love of what they're gifted at because their parents push them too hard because their parents can see it better than they can essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, uh, arrogance alert coming in hot. <laughs> <laughs> I warning was extremely good at piano when I was a kid mm-hmm. and I grew to yeah. hate it. And it's I quit. A, it is, it is literally a tragedy that you quit piano. It I know. Is actually a, a major tragedy. <laughs> I saw it. You may have heard me say this in a previous episode, but I, I came up with the intro for this podcast and, uh, I can just hear things and play them essentially. Like I don't, I don't read music. I, and that all came from my background playing piano when I was five. I learned through the Suzuki method, which is all ear training. My -hmm. teacher would sit on the bench next to me and play stuff. And then I would just copy her and I would learn how to hear notes and how to hear what sounds right and what sounds wrong. And I was just super good at it. And, uh, mu- reading music came much later and I never got very good at it, but I, uh, yeah, life went on. I played more sports and then just, I wanted to play sports more than I wanted to play piano and I just quit piano and I have no future in sports. Like I was not exceptional. I was good, but I was not going anywhere. And, well, uh, you, you were good enough to play D three baseball. I could have played D3 baseball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's not like you were bad, but <laughs> no, not yeah. a D1 athlete. <laughs> no, no, not at all. So that's a big regret that I, I stopped playing piano. And uh, you may be saying, Scott, why haven't you picked it back up if you regret it so much? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, no. I don't feel like Man, it. Man, the words, the words within that one sound. So good. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, yeah, my goal is for Davis to do it as long as you enjoy it. And mm-hmm. if he's exceptionally good at something, I don't want to push him too hard. Those are my two, yeah. Yeah. my two big ones. That's a fine line to dance though. Of like, I, mm-hmm. I want you, I, I want you to understand that there's a future in this, right? That you're really good at something mm-hmm. and not be pushy, pushy, pushy. Yeah. You know, like the, the, the crazy soccer mom that, yeah freaks out at everything it's like you are the best player I, I don't want that yeah but i also i mean it really is crazy to think about how i was a totally mediocre piano player i was i was probably average i was fine at it but i had a brother who was extremely good so i hated it because i couldn't play what my <laughs> brother played so i just, i'd come into the room and my brother's playing these crazy piano pieces when i'm like seven i was like i hate this i can't play anything close to that so the mm-hmm. fact that you actually quit to me now as an adult i look back and go man that's crazy like you were really good you were really good for a 10 year old or however old you were like, dang yeah. but you know at the same time you took all of those skills and you didn't lose the skills you know the the skills of, of ear training and, and music knowledge you right. transferred to a bunch of other stuff so it's like yeah you know i don't know should should our parents have pushed you more on that i don't know you're don't still know. a great musician out mm-hmm. of all of that time it's like, everything really bad yeah i don't know and the cliche everything happens for a reason mm-hmm. like i started playing guitar in church a lot more and guitar became my primary instrument and i got really good at guitar too mm-hmm. so 
would that have happened if I had just gone, you know, put my head down and focused on piano entirely? Probably not. And I learned how to drum because you learned how to drum, Jeff. Mm-hmm. We got a drum kit yep. for you. So I was like, well, yep. I'll just, I'll sit down and figure these out. And <laughs> so, and well, you actually figured out drums before me because you were, you showed me how to drum. You came back from playing the middle school band and you were like, yeah, <laughs> the drummer there taught me how to drum. Let me show you something. You like showed me like the first two rhythms and the most I basic took that. things. Yeah, the and most he, basic rhythms you can think of. You ran with it hard. <laughs> yeah, that was the only lessons I got. That was Full it. Full sprint. Yeah. Yeah. But then you got super good at drums, and then mm-hmm. I played guitar, and we played together, and just piano just yeah. dis- disappeared. Piano disappeared much. completely. Yeah. But now I look back at it, and I'm like, I'm trying to get a piano for my house, because that was the first instrument. It, I, like, I want there to be that bass line right. well, for my it, kids I think to grow from. P- piano is like the, the foundation of music theory, I think, yeah. is the best way to visualize yeah. what music is <laughs> so seriously though you, um you know there's a key for every note pretty much yeah. so you don't have to Anyways. say fifth fret a string mm-hmm. is this note and it's also on the whatever never mind you know you see what i'm, you see what I'm getting at it's confusing anyway music we talk about music yeah. a lot by the way we're all musicians yeah, absolutely do <laughs> but yeah sports music just personal achievement as kids mm-hmm. um, it's all intertwined i think yeah. so i've got this weird this weird thing. So I'm a leader in our church's youth group. So I lead a high school Bible study. And because I'm basically still a high schooler, cause I never really grew up. Um, I, I play video games with like all my Bible study guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So they're all totally aware that I have a daughter who's two or nearly two. And I have a son on the way. And as soon as I told them I was having a son, they all went, Oh, he's going to be the best gamer ever. He's got to go pro. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> You know, I would probably love that, but it depends on if his mother would love that. But that's kind of this thing for me. Of, we're just talking about like basic goals and achievement and, and pushing yourself. Yeah. And that's one of those things that I, I'll, I will make this case forever is competitive gaming is so frowned upon by most parents because they don't think it's a valid use of time. But it teaches you the same skills that pursuing music or pursuing baseball in high school does. Like high school baseball has no value to your life, really. The only value comes from working hard at something, pushing yourself to be great, teamwork, commitment, mm-hmm. all of those things. And you can literally get all those same lessons if you form a team. You're like, yo, we're going to sign up for some tournaments in Rocket League, or we're going to yeah. sign up for some tournaments in Call of Duty. I don't care what your game is. And like, we're going to try to win this thing. You can learn the same lessons doing that. It's a little harder because you don't have a coach and you don't have like organizations. Mm-hmm. But. There's there's huge value in just giving your giving your kid goals to achieve that they actually want to achieve. And yeah. That's the biggest thing. It's just something that they actually want to do. I think as much as I loved sports, I didn't really want to win basketball tournaments. I didn't mm-hmm. really care. I just liked to play them. Yeah. Is uh, whatever. I didn't have that drive in sports particularly. I just liked the games, but mm-hmm. there were people who were like crying when we lost tournaments and I was like, I don't care. It's <laughs> a good game. game. I don't Ooh. know. <laughs> yeah. How are you? Um, something that I do think is super important, important, <laughs> important, <laughs> different word, Nathan, super important in my own life is, uh, was mentorship. And I think that sports gives a very unique opportunity for as a young person to interact with other adults that hold a place of importance, someone that you're really truly willing to listen to that isn't, uh, you know, your mom or your dad. 
And I think that as important as we have, um, as important as our influence is in our children's lives, the influence of other adults in children's lives are super important as well and can almost speak to things that as parents, we would never even be able to speak to. Like one of my men, personal mentors was uh, my old my old friend, we're still friends, but uh, my friend Cody's uh, father, Mr. Naus, he, he was involved in sports. And when I was in Boy Scouts, he was somebody who was super involved. And even all of the coaches that I used to be involved with with ambassadors in sport when my dad was with that organization, you know, the amount of different mentorship opportunities that they were um, able to, like that I was able to have because my parents were willing to allow those people to speak into my life. And I feel like as a parent, you have to do all that legwork to be like, this is a good fit for, because, because we're responsible for taking care of them. It's like, you can't just be like, Sure, go. <laughs> go talk yeah. to Mr. Jones. I don't even know who Mr. Jones is, whatever. <laughs> like, no, like you have to be involved. But I think it is extremely pivotal in, you know, being able to listen to other people and also to listen when you hear good advice. Right. Yeah, Discernment. I think kids are yes. inclined to not listen to their parents. Mm-hmm. But if they hear the same piece of advice from someone else, say a mentor, then it <laughs> sinks in or they hear it differently. Yeah. Um, so, and that's, I think that's really important. And also yeah. it, having a mentor who's better at the sport than you are shows you where you could go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. The reason Tiger Woods dominated golf is because no one knew you could play golf the way he played. Mm-hmm. He, he, he raised the bar to an entirely new level. And uh, now you get all these young guys who grew up watching Tiger who now know what is possible in the sport and they're all kind of doing it now. <laughs> so Tiger's, yeah. well, first he's got tons of health issues, but he's <laughs> also, before all the health issues really cropped up, um, he was kind of sinking back into mediocrity a little bit. Um, wasn't winning at nearly the clip he used to. And um, mm-hmm. all these young guys who were joining the PGA Tour just started like able being able to keep up with him pretty much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he, he increased the entire level of golf. It's yeah, there's, there's a, there's a number of examples of this, but there's, there's golf before tiger and golf after, and he was so good that he literally changed the way everybody looked at the sport of golf, mm-hmm. which is a, a remark. It's remarkable to think about. Yeah. It's, it's, it's incredible. What he it's, achieved. It's amazing. The different singularities that occur in sports that literally you can have a single person can come in and revolutionize like to the point where yeah. you can't even believe it. Like even something simple like running, like Usain Bolt came and ran a sub 10 minute or tub sub 10 minute, <laughs> 10 second, hundred meters. And people were like, what? That's, that shouldn't even be possible. Or like yeah. the dude that just ran um, a four hour marathon, four yeah. hours. Whoa. What? <laughs> like that, that literally wasn't even physically possible so many years ago, but you just happen to have these certain people. And it's like, you also have like what you're talking about, Jeff. It's like, as much as you want to push your kids, it's like, I want to push my kids and, I, but I don't want to push them too far. But at the same time, one of your kids could be a, a singularity event within sport itself. And there's no way you can know that the unless odds, you're paying attention. The odds are minuscule. <laughs> they are but. very minuscule, but they could, but let's say you just like, let's say Scott could have been 
like a prodigy of piano and if he had kept going like that's entirely possible the probability of that is very 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 small but it's the duty of the parents to (laughs) but to figure it's kind of to kind of walk those lines and see right and push or pull or pull back you know whatever it is to try to help your kids grow it's really hard this is one of those things i'm really i think is genuinely hard it's man (laughs) yeah terrifying yeah do you have any goals for your future children nathan that we did um so something that i always struggled with was over competition in basically all sport so people that basically took sport (laughs) to beyond what it was actually ever meant to be way too seriously like like you were saying, the people who cried after bas- basketball tournaments, but like to the point where literally people were getting into fights and it's like, you know, soccer, we're 12 is a game. <laughs> it's a game, fundamentally a game. It is a sport, but it's a game. It's supposed to be fun. And it's like, can we just all agree on that? Cause I mean, I was in you, I played on the U 13s team as a 12 year old in the premier league when I was 12 and premier is as that's the top. There's no more above that, that you can go like there's rec, which is like everybody travels like way better than rec. But then premier is like, if you were the top person in travel, you might be able to get a premier team. And I only did it. I think we only did it one year because people were so serious about it. I literally was like, you guys have almost ruined soccer for me. Now there's the the silver lining here. My dad, through this whole experience, actually developed a whole um, system called FC Squared, which literally stood for fun, because fun is first and foremost. Um, It was fun, coaching, faith, and close competition were the four attributes of this. So it was a combination of, you know, all of the basis was fun. If people are not having fun, then literally something is going wrong and we're doing something wrong and we're going to fix it. But then it was quality coaching so that you were learning really good skills. It was an aspect of faith of saying like, you know, something more than yourself is going to build respect for other players and also for yourself while you're out there playing. But at the same time, it was as closely matched competitively as you could. So everyone that you were playing against was just as good as you, if not better all times because it was very controlled and it basically made a microcosm of the best sport that I've basically had in my entire life. <laughs> like the most fun, the most amount of learning. It was literally what sport was essentially meant to be. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> and so it's like to have both sides of the corn where it's like, you guys are like ridiculous. Like this is way too much. This is not your life. It's like, you're, we are 13. <laughs> okay. Can we just all cool it for a minute? Okay. No one's getting picked up by a sponsor or something. Okay. Let's just chill to the flip side of that coin of like, this is what true sport and competition was meant to be. And so personally, that's literally exactly what I want to embody for my kids is that perfect balance that my dad somehow found. I don't know if it was the group of kids or what it was, but it was literally, it was just the best thing. And I'm like, I'm like, I would do an FC squared for literally anyone because it was so great. It was so impactful in my life. And that's that's what I think really good sport 
can be like truly yeah. it can be life changing. So the the funny thing about, about this whole idea that you're sharing here is mm-hmm. I, I kind of ran face first into this when I was a junior in high school, beginning of my, of my junior year when Scott went to college. Mm-hmm. So Scott's two years older than me. So he goes to college and he went to a D three school and he was accepted onto the baseball team and then decided not to play. I believe, I believe that's accurate, Scott. That is accurate. So the thing that dawned on me as a junior is, okay, I'm pretty sure my brother is either a little bit better than me or just as good at me at baseball. I, I don't think I have a higher potential than him in baseball. And he was good enough to make a D3 team, which he doesn't even want to play for. So why should I bust my butt for junior and senior year with a coach that's like, you are going to be the best baseball team to ever touch the planet in D3 high school, middle of nowhere, Ohio. It's like, I don't think that's worth it for, I just don't think that's what I really want to do with my last two years. Yeah. So I quit all of my sports that I was actually good at and I joined other sports. So I quit soccer. I quit baseball. I didn't try out for basketball. I, I quit all of them and I played tennis and golf. Yeah. And I freaking loved it. It was like my favorite thing I ever did is I just (laughs) golfed and I played tennis and it was awesome. Yeah. So I, and those were seriously my favorite sports experiences ever was being on the tennis team because I genuinely wanted, wanted to play tennis. I thought it would be really fun to get good at. Mm -hmm. And because I played baseball and golf, picking up a tennis racket and learning how to hit a ball pretty well was not that hard for me. And I was like varsity pretty much instantly. And it's not, it's not the greatest achievement. There's like 15 kids that even cared about tennis in my whole school. It's the top <laughs> yeah. five for varsity. Same with golf. But, I was yeah, the number same one. with golf. It's not like there's a lot of people. <laughs> like I was our number one, but I never shot in the 30s for nine holes ever. Oh. So I was our, so I was our number we, three. We were getting crushed by teams. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm the best we get. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was our number three. And we won a couple matches. We weren't good. But there was three of us that I, I could shoot in high school, like a 41 mm-hmm. it was pretty good. And we had a guy who was a freshman who just shot 37s. Like he would just be even or two over. He was just a freaking great golfer mm-hmm. as a kid. And another guy who was about as good as me. So me and TJ were about, we we're both seniors. We both <laughs> shot around 40. And then who was we the, had a, the good one was a foray. Yeah. He was a foray. Yeah. And he was a freshman. I had to drive him home from practice in order for him to be on the team. It was like part of the requirements for his team is someone had to drive him home, so I volunteered for that. <laughs> we need <laughs> that kid. He's a kid. He is good. We need him on our team, okay? <laughs> yeah. I will so like sacrifice him, some fuel, he okay? actually gone somewhere. Like, he went to States. Our <laughs> really? team sucked, and he went to States. Yeah, wow. he was really good. Holy cow. But anyway, the, the lesson that I learned there in my last two years of high school was basically that I'm not going to be a professional baseball player. I'm not even going to be a, maybe I could be a D three college player. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to ruin the fun of sport to maybe be D three. There's just no reason to do this. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. Well, part of me wonders what my potential actually was as soon as, so for baseball, we were really good in eighth grade. Our, our baseball team at our school was actually nuts. Well, uh, well my, my years were, we won everything. I never lost a season of baseball. Like from middle school mm-hmm. through my two years in high school, we never I mean, lost a if season. If you were that aggressive, like if your coach was that aggressive, that kind of makes sense. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so for me, our team, when we were eighth graders in middle school, we were the best team in the league. And I was one of the best players on the team. I was picked yeah. for the all-star team. <clears throat> and then we get to high school 
And the way the high school is structured, there's a freshman team, a JV team, and a varsity team. And all of us got completely split up because we all tried out. I was put actually as a varsity floater. So I play varsity and JV. And uh, the majority of the guys went to JV immediately because we were good. And uh, some of them went to freshmen. Um, But yeah, we got all split up. And then we had uh, the JV coach. I won't name drop him. But, uh, so bad and no Such one really, a bad coaching experience no one liked the varsity coach either so we have this huge talent pool huge mm-hmm. potential to be great and the fun the first f of nathan's acronym yep. got sucked right out of it and mm-hmm. none of us wanted to perform for these terrible coaches and i partially blame that for my underachievement in the sport of baseball i don't know i i'm not saying I was going to go pro if I had coaches that were better. Um, I'm just saying I probably would have played baseball in college because I would have still enjoyed baseball. But by the time I was done with senior year of high school, I was like, no, nah, <laughs> I'm not doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So it was, it was not fun anymore. And I had hurt my shoulder pretty bad. Like I still can't throw objects for more than five minutes overhand. Oh, so, yeah. I can throw a frisbee just fine. That, that doesn't bother me. But if I try to throw stuff overhand, it's not like it's not footballs fun. or baseballs. Yeah, or softballs. So yeah, yeah. and I, and I I had to watch that happen. So I was watching my older brother just get oh. a ruin his shoulder, <laughs> and then hate come home from baseball games. Be like I hate this game. This was I hated this. And just be like, oh great, I can't wait to keep doing this. <laughs> it was funny. I remember. That's horrible. Oh joy. <laughs> Our senior season, um, just it was a ridiculously rainy year that year oh yeah it's always you know baseball's a spring sport and we're in northeast ohio it's always rainy we had so many games rained out and our coach was like i'm sorry guys i know you want to play and in my head i was like no i'm good (laughs) this is is great great. (laughs) tell me i don't have to play a double header on saturday sick i get to stay home so that's how that's how my attitude toward baseball was twisted Mm -hmm. once uh i was playing for people i didn't want to play for that's partially the reason we said this Oh, a couple episodes ago, last episode where mm-hmm. I quit basketball for playing for the school for the same reason so that I could bring the first F back into the sport. I wanted to have fun. And, yeah. a, a and group that of, YMCA league that YMCA we played league. in was so much fun. I don't. Yeah, it was great. So well, it also helped that we were dominating it because we were a bunch of people that should have been like it was me and all of your friends that quit basketball because you hated the coaches. Yeah. And probably half you should have been on the varsity team, but didn't want to play. So I was like, yeah. this is awesome. We just, yeah. <laughs> we just destroyed everybody. We destroyed it's that great. league, which <laughs> so was much pretty fun. fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we uh, we like sports. Um, yeah. Want our kids to play sports. Want our kids to enjoy to them. them. We want our, yeah. Mm-hmm. Want our kids to love them. Well, this is a, I know we've kind of touched on this before. Um, but, and I think we've actually, I think I know what you guys think. <laughs> what do you guys think of the participation culture? Oh, God. What do you think of the everybody gets an award? Because I know, Jeff, you've talked about this in the sense that I think that there are certain people that it actually benefits, you know, it actually truly benefits them to have a, uh, you know, a scenario where you're not, you know, you're not in close competition. Maybe close competition is actually too much for you, but, um, and it, it, what doesn't actually 
increase the fun because the the four of us like we've had literally like literally scott myself you jeff and your father all playing spike ball to such a level of aggression like (laughs) we were the most into it and such the closer the game the better it is and we're like diving into it but as the closer we get in competition the more fun all of us are having and the more into it we all are and so like that breeds joy for us it it increases the fun to have the close competition but i think there are certain people that like it does push them in the wrong way to be to like be too competitive in a certain sense so i'd say i've i've seen the full spectrum on this mm-hmm. so as I, as i keep saying i come from a competitive gaming world a- after high school sports i kind of so my last two years of high school since i kind of quit my main sports i dove into gaming really hard because gaming has competitive ranked ladders which are designed to give you close competition games they give you a rank and as you get better as you win more games the system will match you against people who have the same win rates as you so you always play against people of equal skill yeah and i freaking loved it because as we're saying even spike ball i just i don't like playing i literally don't like playing spike ball which if you don't know is like a backyard volleyball type game mm-hmm. i literally don't like playing it with people who aren't good enough to play it it just annoys me yeah i yeah. get bored i'm like this isn't very this isn't very fun i'll just hit it at you and you'll miss and that's not fun so i i or, love good close competition good no i was just gonna say or you have the inverse of that where you you're playing like if if like you and i decided to play like against a couple of professional guys like yeah it'd you be, get it would around. be fun but like it also like be just being humiliated and like it's just like that's there's no fun for really anyone they're not enjoying it because we can't really play against them in a real way and we're yeah. getting destroyed so we're like oh i don't like being humiliated <laughs> yeah so the, the idea of close competition i i think is super important but the, i think the, the so the reason why i loved competitive gaming is because i liked to win and i liked to push myself and i the, my, my theory about the participation participation award style of um, competition mm-hmm. is what you get is it, you get people who wouldn't be the people who would never be great at it yeah. like it it encourages them to get from really bad to like mediocre mm-hmm. but the people who are already pretty good are less motivated to be great so if you want a more this is where you get your phrases you'll hear these in culture all the time if you want a more equitable form of competition you want a participation you want everyone to be rewarded for the participation in the sport that was played. Yeah. If you want great players, you need to reward greatness. Mm-hmm. If you stop rewarding greatness, people will stop will stop trying. The reason why competitive gaming is so freaking popular mm-hmm. is because every single game is built around rewarding victory. And people like it. You like to win. You like when you play a good match and you win. You're like, yeah. Oh heck yeah. yeah, I won that. Let's do this again. And that's awesome. And then you go again, you're like, I won this again. And you're like, I just just keep going and going mm-hmm. and going and going and going. And if you're like me, you bury a couple thousand hours into a game and you get pretty good at it. So yeah. it's right. And well, it's that's, dangerous, but it's great. The the sting of losing is what makes winning so great. And the participation yeah. trophy kind of makes losing less bad. <laughs> it makes it yeah. tolerable. So yeah. it de de incentivizes winning. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think, sorry, uh, just the, like what we've been saying, you know, which is why I think it's so much more important is it's not competition itself, but it's the fact of 
of the close competition. If like if you had everyone that if you had the best players in the world playing against the worst players in the world, it obviously is going to be terrible. We want you don't want to de-incentivize people to play. Like you want everyone to be able to play the game. You want yep. the worst people to be able to play and be able to have fun. You want the best people to play and you have fun. But those people are in different worlds. Like when we had those soccer matches at FC Squared, it wasn't everyone playing together. It was three individual matches. It was the least, the mediums, and the best. And they all stayed together. And there was a range in and of those teams and of themselves. And it's like all these people who are like, you know, comp competition is bad. Blanket statement. It's like, well, you're just objectively wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, it's not bad. It's actually one of the most motivating factors in, in the entire human experience. So I don't know what you want to do with that. <laughs> yeah. The reason you get to enjoy all the comforts of life is because yeah. some nerd somewhere wanted to achieve the invention of the personal computer. Yeah. Or they wanted to achieve something that had never been achieved before. Mm -hmm. And you cannot choose to not reward achievement. You don't yeah. want to yeah. ever... So I, I think participation trophies are okay as long as they are kind of counterbalanced by also acknowledging who the MVP was. Yeah. Or yeah. Well, for like kids leagues, you know, this is always geared towards kids leagues. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's not like in high school they're saying you shouldn't have a high school you know winner of your playoff tournament like that you should. But it, the with kids is one thing to have like yeah everyone hey can, thank you for participating thank you for playing here's a little mm -hmm. trophy to commemorate. It's like for a commemoration. It's like here's a little you know medallion or whatever to commemorate your 2020 summer soccer season or whatever. Yeah. Like that's all fine to me, just Absolutely. as like little trinkets. But at the same time, it's like I also want the team that won the whole thing to be told you guys won. We're gonna have a huge pizza party for you. We're gonna like blah make it big. Like congratulations, you put mm -hmm. the work in. You have the skill. You win. Yeah. And even if the leagues my kids play for don't do that, I will personally pay for pizza parties for my teams <laughs> if they win things. Yeah, like, there's no yeah. way. Like if you win, I'm going to reward you because I think it is so important for kids to realize the work that they put into something has value. Absolutely. And you don't get that if everyone who doesn't work gets the same reward. Yeah. Like you have to, it's an important lesson. I think that part of the culture that was developed from like the participation award culture was developed out of people that were not praised for winning, but were told they were less for lo be for losing. And I think oh, that's okay. something that we need to be very clear as as fathers. And I think there are a lot of fathers that were like, "You suck! You're a terrible disgrace! How could you not play so well? You didn't do your best." It's like, how is how is that going to be good for your child in any way? It's like the focus is is that you want to win. But winning isn't everything. It's true. You want to reward effort as well. Yes. Um, and and your best. Maybe your best isn't enough. And that doesn't make you a lesser person if you put your best in. Yeah. But the idea there, that you're somehow lesser because you didn't win. Losses. Absolutely. Yeah. There's bad losses where you lose something and you go, man, we just were not playing our we were not playing well today. We weren't giving it our all. I was not playing I, I don't know what was wrong with me. I just was not performing well. That's mm -hmm. a bad loss. And then there's good losses where you go, you know what? I think I left everything out in the, out in the field, out in the court, out in the whatever. Mm -hmm. And you know what? They were just a little bit better. And the only thing I have there is good game. And I'm going to go work harder. Honestly, I, that's it. Yeah. I've walked away from losses and actually felt better. Like I was like, 
I was actually perfectly content with the fact that I lost because the other team won it fair and square. And you're like, you know, I just, we did, we did our best and we just, we weren't as good. You know, we'll, we'll do better next year. We'll improve. We'll have something to strive for. That's why, honestly, it's like, I don't like getting things right the first time. Like, it's nice. You're like, oh, great. I did it. But that just means that's it. There's no more. I have tapped this tree. It is empty. <laughs> you know, there's there's no more sap for me to make syrup out of. Like, this is it. You know? Yeah. And that's kind of sad, honestly, sometimes. Like, I would actually, I learn so much more from failure, and I end up appreciating something that you've repeatedly failed at. I mean, why do you think there's such an obsession with trick shot videos? You know, Dude Perfect is literally, they have millions and millions of subscribers because people Biggest want YouTube to watch channel. them do something that is so minusculely possible it's just like i could never imagine achieving something like that and yet they'll they're willing to try and fail over and over and over again and i know they failed a thousand times they didn't just get it on the first try but it's so rewarding to watch yeah watching them celebrate is oh. super fun <laughs> it's so great <laughs> so we've tried our we've tried to make trick shot videos back in we, high we school. made a couple of them back and, in the uh, day they were pretty a, good too we i like some cool stuff <laughs> yeah but it's a great feeling when you fail at something over and over again, and then you finally succeed. Oh. It, it makes the taste of victory so much sweeter. Really? Yeah. So that's why, the, that's why I got to reward victory. I, I still think fondly of, so like uh, in, in, in Rocket League's RLCS season one, I was competing with a team to try to make it into the professional league, mm -hmm. and we lost the final match of the tournament. The team that beat us made it to the league, and we didn't. And I played literally the best series of my life in that game. And I still think fondly of it. It's like, oh, yeah. dude, I played so freaking good. <laughs> I tried so hard to win that thing. And we didn't win it. And I was like, ah, you know what? This is as far as I go, apparently. But gosh, yeah. dang, did I try really hard to win this. Man, so, that, that was so... Like, I still think fondly of this. So here's yeah, a, here's people another... who, like, quit from that. Yeah. Yeah. Another, here's another angle to this. Did you feel tempted to blame your teammates at all? Hmm. for the loss no well that's one of those things every team that i was on in competitive gaming i was kind of like the team captain of and it's almost entirely because i played a lot of sports and the people i played with didn't generally come from a sports background and i was a good team leader i was good at not getting mad at my teammates when we lost things hmm. <laughs> and other people like we would drop teammates who would we, we, it was me and one other person who would rotate different thirds into our team all the time because mm -hmm. we'd get someone who's really talented and then like something goes wrong and they just cuss you out and leave and you're like i'm not playing with you i don't <laughs> yeah. care if you're like if you're talented that's great i'll find someone else like, i'm not dealing with this if you can't exactly. be a teammate then this isn't gonna freaking work man yeah yeah so Eventually, we found another third who was really solid, but we just didn't quite make it. And even after that, me and those two guys are still friends today. It's been five years, hmm, but awesome. like we were, we were good friends. We the, both of them went on to make the professional league the next season. I got married and stopped playing. They stayed on a team and they made the professional league the next season after replacing me. Mm -hmm. Though I, again, I played the best in the previous year. I tried. <laughs> it's not because I was not. It's not because really? I was bad. It's because they got better. I swear. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> we Davis, all believe you, Jeff. Funny, but, funny. <laughs> anyway, uh, so they they both went on to play in the RLCS um, for a couple years, and but yeah, it was. It's tough. It, that, that for me was like, that was actual competition. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. I was legitimately competing and it wasn't like I, at first I really enjoyed the game, but then it became, I think I'm actually good at this and I really want to see how far I can take it. Mm -hmm. I want to see if I can actually take it all the way to the top. And I, I mean, I was millimeters away at the time. 
Yeah, I was yeah. very close. But yeah, that, that reminds me of uh, I don't remember which band it was. I think we were might have, might have been you, me, and Dad watching a documentary on Netflix at one point. But they're talking about needing to find a replacement guitar player for their tour. He was like, finding someone with enough talent is really easy, but you have to yeah. tour with the guy. You have to live with the guy. That's the hardest part. <laughs> you have to find someone who you're actually going to get along with. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of talent. There's a, that's the, like making it professional in something is a mixture of talent and luck. There's a lot of talent out there. There's a lot of people who are very, yeah. very good at things. It's the right place, right time, meet the right people, get the right doors open. And all of that takes this, this like subtle skills that sports can teach you of like, if you're not a good enough teammate, there's just no, there's no door for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're too weak mentally to take a loss, well, there's no door for you. Right. So it's like, it's not a matter of, oh, he has the talent. It's like, yes, but he's a head case. So what do you even do with that? There's right. very few examples of head cases that still made it to the top. Dennis Rodman's an example with Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. But the dude was an absolute nut job if you ever watched <laughs> The Last Dance. He's literally yeah. insane. In the middle of the finals, he just goes to Vegas and gets wasted and misses game four. In the finals. What? And it shows <laughs> yeah. up for game five and is the MVP of game five. Like he's a crazy human being with yeah. unbelievable talent. But <laughs> most Phil- people, you just need to be, you need to have all the bases made. There's no yeah. shortcuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, Phil Jackson, the coach, knew he wasn't going to be able to talk any sense into him. She was like, you just let him go. I'm like, all right, yeah. uh, we'll let you play in game five. Like, there weren't really any consequences. You just let Dennis do his thing. Yeah. yeah. Get wasted in Vegas. And I definitely think there's a, a whole lot of timing with that. Like, my cousin, for instance, he just happened. I think I think he was 10 years old when he started. He just picked up tennis. And he just naturally was good at it and also very naturally gifted at taking to the skills. Like all of his natural movement was very tennis forward. Mm -hmm. His build was very tennis forward. His muscle structure, his training and his passion for it was forward. And it's like he went to college and he's playing professionally now. It's like, how many people do you know, like actually just do that? Like you start a sport and you go, oh yeah, this is my sport. And then you can just go with it. Like, like, like the timing of everything also, the fact that you're also be the right age, but like you're young enough that you can gain all those skills before you really need to have a whole lot of strength to use them. But then you're also, you know, you're not too young. So you're like, ah, this is garbage. I don't even want anything about this. I'm, well, I want to try baseball, you know, or something mm-hmm. like that. And it's, it's such a defined moment. Yeah. So I hope, I hope all the best for my kids and all these things, but it's, it's difficult. Yeah. It's difficult on this side of it where, I mean, my daughter's, I think a year, I think we're going to sign up for her first thing, which is a kid's gymnastics course. There's a couple at our church that runs a gymnastics thing. That's fun. And they have a moms and tots gymnastics. <laughs> so my daughter's going to start that next winter, which wow. I'm super excited for. I mean, already she's, she'll be two and a half. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And, like, to think about. and then, <laughs> and then I'm a year from like, I started playing soccer when I was a little over three. I was like three and a half. That's, mm-hmm. that's a year and a half from now for me. So this is all, Man. I'm just looking at this from yeah. this perspective of, you know, my high school sports life, my, my gaming, competitive gaming life. I mean, like, man, oh, geez, I, I want so much of my kids and I want, I want this to all go so well, but it's like, I don't want to, I, I want the stars to align basically is what I'm hoping for is that I want that perfect mm-hmm. experience with sports where they love it and their coaches are great and Blah, blah, blah. But it's like, oh, I just hope it happens. Because yeah. if it doesn't happen, you know, if they have a bad coach, and they just go, I don't want to play this sport anymore. 
is it just done? It's like, oh, (laughs) it hurts. It hurts to think about. As parents, you have to be willing to let go of the dream, which sucks. Yeah, it's it's their life. It's not your life. It's their life. And you're like, "Uh, okay, here you go. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's not easy. I mean, if it were easy, I feel like everyone would be really freaking good at it, but they're not. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. So along with the social skills part that we've been mostly been talking about with teamwork and um, just the, the satisfaction that comes with achievement. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of like other health benefits to kids playing sports as well, which oh my word. I, oh, yeah. I uh, kind of with that article, I sent you guys um, some, I'll list off a few of them real quick. Uh, huge obesity reduction. It's a big, really? <laughs> big one. Uh, obesity is a big problem in America. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what else we got here? Educational benefits. High school athletes are more likely than non-athletes to attend college. Mm-hmm. When I saw that, I thought, well, colleges give out spot, uh, scholarships for athletes more than they do academics, don't they? I don't know. I think... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. That's a bold assumption. That. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> There's a lot it. of random scholarships you can get. There it's hard are. To know. Yeah. Organized sports activity helps children develop and improve cognitive skills. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. And that's kind of what I said at the very beginning. It's that's kind of a byproduct of the sport. Like they don't even kids, kids don't even realize that that's happening. Yep. It's just. Uh, I mean, you do what it takes to win the game, and you figure out. Oh, I need to actually work as a team. Yeah. To do this or i need to well, figure out the best strategy yeah e- even us to say like for me it's like basketball you we have you, basketball unlike soccer where soccer doesn't really have like set plays you have ideas in soccer for the most part it's pretty broad but in basketball like we have set plays you know we run on the court and go four and like that's a play and you need to have right. that memorized you know what the parts of the whole play are so you know where to look where to pass and it's, it's a good memory and like cognitive ability tests for your kids that they are voluntarily putting themselves through yeah which is i just that just popped in my head of like that's just inherently good or learning your proper rotations in baseball and your cutoffs ball sit to right center you're a shortstop where do you go it's automatic instantly you got to have that stuff down Mm -hmm. so that's teaching your kids good critical thinking skills just naturally which is really cool right uh no i was just going to say from the health perspective as well um I think definitely developing a lifestyle that is active is something yeah. that is super, you know, like super yep. important. Like in sports, definitely push that forward. Like the fact that you're only going to achieve this by being more <laughs> and right. and being a, the natural place that you go. I, I just think that's, you know, yeah. super important. <laughs> right. That was in here somewhere. I remember reading that. Oh, sports participation is a significant predictor of young adults' participation in sports. Um, mm. Only 3% of adults who play sports currently did not play when they were young. So, yeah. Yeah, it's I think a great it's very way. rare that someone picks up baseball in their 20s. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's just no organized, there's no organization for that. Like, it's all for kids, pretty much. Like, mm-hmm. I have no idea. If I were to join a baseball league right now at the age of 28, I don't even know where I'd go. Like there are other 28 year olds my, out there. My wife down. played in a, when we were dating, when she was like, when we were like 20, she was playing in a softball league, a recreational softball league with a bunch of people from her work. That's and fun. Yeah. She, she asked guess. me if I wanted to join and I was like, no, you don't want me to join your softball league. I will, 
A, I'll That's, take it too seriously. And B, it probably wouldn't uh, be fun funny. for the other team. So we have <laughs> our church is doing a softball game next oh, yeah. Sunday. And I'm so on the fence uh, about doing it. I, I really I, want to do it personally. <sighs> I think it'd be fun. I probably should. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's difficult, man. I'm just, I, I played in a rec softball league my one year of college, and it was me and a bunch of former baseball players, and we mm-hmm. didn't lose a game. We hit eight home runs a game. It was like stupid. It was I'm fun worried. for us, but it was kind of dumb. You know, I was like, this is not, we're this too is, good for this. I'm worried it's going to be like the scenario you described earlier, where, well, I guess you were both talking about it, where you want to be matched up with people of a similar skill level, and it's not fun if you're playing with people who are way worse than you are so mm-hmm. um i'm it's worried. not fun for them either it's not yeah I they just, don't want to watch you run the bases on them six times in a row because you have six baseball players who are just gonna hit a home run if you lob a ball at me well i yeah. will say and i have trouble keeping sports in just a fun recreational mm-hmm. space i just get way too competitive way too quickly and uh i don't know if i'll have fun on sunday yeah that's it those are my two cents I'll take those. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll cash them in. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else we got? Obesity reduction, psychological benefits, mental health is great yeah. for people who play sports. Um, what else we got here? Uh, 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 male and female high school athletes are less likely to smoke cigarettes and suffer from loneliness and low self-esteem. Hmm. Cool, cool, well, cool, that's cool. like the social aspect of it. Yeah. They're... Having friends, it's such, it's such a good way to make good friends, too. Oh, seriously, especially as a guy. Yeah, you're doing something with a bunch of other kids that are your age that have the same interests, inherently. It's so easy for making good friendships, mm-hmm. which is so beneficial for those young years of you know, dealing with loneliness and stuff. I mean, and long-lasting friendships. You know, I mean, we yeah. were really good friends because we played music together, but we yeah. also played a bunch of sport things. Like, we played Ultimate Frisbee together, and we were always doing, you know, the, literally activities. Nathan. The fact that you were very good at Ultimate Frisbee has a literal high weight in us becoming friends in the first place. Because the camaraderie, because the oh, competition. Yeah. You're like, oh, I like, know oh, where dude, Jeff's going to totally be. <laughs> it's great. Oh, yeah. So great. Loved it. Yep. So, uh, but yeah. we've been going for, oh, I don't have the time thing going. I got us in an hour or so. I yeah. can't see. Yeah. Feels like a while. So. Let's, uh, it's time to wind this thing down. Um, so yeah, that's the wind down sign thing. <laughs> You're welcome. That was a pretty good sound effect. <laughs> that was pretty good. I do way too many. So, <laughs> so that's going to do it for episode seven. Thank you for listening. Um, as of mm-hmm. now, well, uh, as of right as now, as of now, as we are talking, we have, I wish, I wish we had this set up before we started doing anything, but. Mm-hmm. Um, finally telling our listeners now on episode seven that we have a Facebook page and we have an email address and those two ways to contact us. So if you want to um, send us messages, if you want to send us some positive messages, maybe not so much of the hate mail and stuff. I, I don't know. I mean, we can always sit through it. If it's we really can, that bad, <laughs> we can take it. Um, <laughs> then uh, feel free to send us a message on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash dad's diapers drinks. And oh. then the uh, email address is dadsdiapersdrinks at gmail.com. And questions. If you have any questions or ideas of things that we uh, that you are like, hey, what do you guys think about this? By all means, 
Yeah, that would be great. Whip them at us. It'd be great to... And if I, if I said something that offended you, please let me know. Yes. Yep. Because I probably have. <laughs> I'm sure we all have. I'm definitely going to put that one in the books. And that's, uh, that is the risk we run here of mm-hmm. us doing a podcast. And it's just the three of us talking. Is uh, It is easy to just kind of have our own little echo chamber here and uh, not really have the immediate feedback of someone who didn't like what we said. Mm-hmm. We can just kind of keep rolling. And uh, so just forgive us for that, if you will. Um, it's uh, easy to do. So <laughs> we don't... <laughs> yeah. Don't intend to come off as hotheads, uh, but sometimes it just happens. So, yeah, um, that's it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. See you.